into the contest. It's Thursday, the 3rd of November. Welcome to Afternoon Sports. Shadwicker here filling in for Tim Gilbert, obviously, after selling his house for millions and millions of dollars. He's gone to buy a racehorse for Melbourne Cup next year. And good on him, I say. Joined, as always, by our co-host Shane Lee. You actually have some uh, great news that is unrelated to Tim. Um, what, what's going on? We've got something exciting happening. We'll start with Tim. I think he's actually riding that horse down to Melbourne. He's a bit of a tight ass still. But, uh, anyway, no, but the good news is, mate, that the... Uh, Afternoon Sports Group, our, our podcast group here, we've been uh, one of only two podcast groups to be approved um, to be on the ground in Qatar for the Soccer World Cup, us and How Rio exciting. Ferdinand's podcast, so uh, it's huge news. Um, so when, yeah, a lot of work ahead of us now, but it uh, looks like we'll be coming live potentially from the Soccer World Cup. Well, a great time for you to get sober, mate, in Qatar, <laughs> isn't it? You know what I mean? Everyone's doing Oxober. You just got to go to a World Cup in Qatar, guys. There you go. That's all you got to do. I still think you can get alcohol in the hotels over there. Wait and see. Can you? We'll have to wait and see. I feel like I'm worried for you going over to Qatar. You might get yourself in some trouble, mate. Talk about war stories. You'll be telling them from uh, inside a cell, I reckon. But good luck to you over there. Uh, We've got plenty to get into on today's show. We're talking cricket, of course. After some drama in the T20, AFL, NRL and much more. Let's get into it. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com. Let's kick things off with cricket, Shano. The uh, T20 is just serving it up at the moment. India, Bangladesh, an absolute thriller. Yeah, and you would think India was going to romp home in this game, being, uh, I suppose, tournament's favourites. But the great thing about 2020 cricket, mate, that I think it's around 30% of matches come down to the last over. And by that, you technically can score 36 runs off the last over. So that's how they get that statistic. But mm. um, India batted first, scored six for 184. Virat Kohli, once again, uh, player of the match. Uh, he's 64, not out of 44. He's only been dismissed once this whole World Cup. Um, <laughs> and Rahul got 50 off 32. Um, the game got reduced due to some rain. Um, and it came down to the last over, to the last ball. Um, Bangladesh needing five runs off the last ball to win. Um, they needed to hit a six. And uh, they didn't happen to do that. And um, so India win by five runs. Yeah, how good was that last wicket yeah. as well? I've, I'm like, you know, I didn't haven't noticed this before in cricket, but how the wicketkeeper for India had he took one of his gloves off before the bowl, yeah, to be prepared just to get this final wicket. He didn't need it in the end. He sprinted straight to the stumps to try and uh, get that last one for the win for India. Um, and then we've also got uh, look England T20 World Cup big news. Well, mate, there, yeah, in England, you'd have to think that England's going to probably uh, win their last game, as will New Zealand. Um, and that puts Australia in a pretty tough position to make the semis. Um, 
So Australia has uh, Afghanistan for the last match. Um, so it basically comes down to Australia will need to win by more than 62 runs, but if Afghanistan bat first uh, and score 160, we'll have to chase that down in around about 11 and a half to 12 overs. Yeah. So not impossible, but close to it. Yeah, pretty tough. I mean, it's, is this embarrassing? Is this embarrassing being the host nation and not making it through? Yeah, well, we, had a, um, we didn't expect to lose our first game against New Zealand by so many <laughs> runs. Um, we actually expected to win that match. Um, we just haven't performed. We've been really, really sluggish. Our top order hasn't really fired. Our bowlers have not been on. Um, I don't really think we deserve to be in the semifinals, to be honest. Well, what about the injury cloud at the moment? Is Finch even playing? I mean, he came off the last game and was like, last match and said, oh, look, we're going to get some scans. And then we've heard nothing of the scans. Yeah, uh, well, three players have been uh, looked at, um, Mitchell Marsh and, and Stoinis as well. And yes, there's no reports at all coming out of the Australian camp on that. Wow. So it looks like things are not looking good at all for us when no. it comes to the rest of this T20. <laughs> Let's turn to the world game, the Champions League, the last 16. Uh, look, Tottenham have booked their spot. They have. They beat Marseille 2-1. It was my brother Brett would say Marcel. <laughs> um, yeah. So a really, really good win from them. Um, so they're now uh, through to the last 16 of the Champions League. Um, Liverpool had a really good 2-1 win two over Napoli. Napoli's first loss for the year. Salah and Nuance also scoring a, a goal each. But Liverpool really needed to win that four zip uh, with their giving away some home goals as well. So, but a good win for Liverpool nonetheless. Yeah, and looking at uh, looking at the 2023 Women's World Cup, which is exciting. It's going to be here in Australia, and there's been some issues around the ticket sale level. Weirdly, FIFA being caught off guard by just how popular this World Cup was going to be. Well, hugely popular. So uh, tickets, um, they've sold more tickets in the first four weeks than they did in four months for the 2019 World Cup. The problem being is that the FIFA have released the tickets at 3 a.m. Australian time. Um, so locals oh, have been wow. left empty-handed, not knowing that actually tickets have gone on sale and they've been all sold for overseas. So not great for the for the home nation and for people who want to go and, and watch, you know, the, Australian girls go around. Uh, been, tickets have been snapped up everywhere. Geez, they just show such disrespect to the Southern Hemisphere, I feel. Yep. That's yep. just them not realising or failing to admit that we love it. Like, we do love it. You keep saying it's a world game. Yep. We finally get a World Cup here, and this was like a prove-it World Cup for us in, in Australia. I've, I honestly feel like this is us going, here we go, we're doing the Women's World Cup. That's right. Now we've done it. Now we want the other one as well. Mm. We are a premier location for this sport. We're better than Qatar. We don't have to <laughs> air condition all of our damn stadiums and you can buy a beer, albeit mid-strength, at the stadium. But I digress. It's kind of it's kind of insulting. We're the host nation and you don't release the tickets at a healthy time for our people to get the tickets, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's it's it's, it is blatant disregard for for the for the local people. Um, as you know, as I said, opening and allowing the tickets to go on sale at three a.m. in the morning is pretty pretty tough for the locals. Yeah, it's going to be a hard one. But you know what? We'll still get some more. We'll go, we've got to get there and support the girls as they play. Uh, stay with us for a short break because we'll be back talking AFL, NRL, and oh, your favourite boxer is back in the news as well. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. 
He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies, and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Let's talk AFL first. It's um, now apparently happening. It feels like the biggest rush job ever by the AFL, if I'm being honest. But um, look, the woman at the centre of the Hawthorne Racism Review has said that they will not participate in the AFL investigation. Um, Refusing to consent to silencing tactics is the quote at the moment. Shano, this is obviously a very complicated subject at the moment. But I don't know where you stand on this, but I feel like the AFL is super rushed in trying to just get this knocked out of the way during an off-season when really, looking at the report from Hawthorne, this is a year-long review that should be taken slowly and with care. What do you reckon? 100%, and given the respect that it deserves, um, a racism review is a serious matter, mm. and for to try and silence people and use silencing tactics and to rush it through, it's just not on, and, and good on her for, for refusing uh, to consent to that. And, um, yeah, I just think they need to give this the respect that it deserves, as you said. Yeah, I think this – and I kind of worried about this when the, when the story first came out. We've got, you know, the head of the AFL, we've got McLaughlin wanting to leave. He's got one foot out mm. the door. Then this gigantic issue happens and he says – and we all kind of said to his credit at the beginning, we're like, oh, he's going to stay on until it's done. Mm. But now it's become apparent that stay on until it's done is, no, I, I don't want to be here for the next season yeah. and I'm going to rush this through. And it's not – it is not a story that we should rush through because you want to do it right, you want to do it now because you don't want to fast forward in three more years. Have to do it again. And have another right. club with the same, yep. same thing yep. again. And the, the the story with this with this woman at the centre of the uh, of this uh, investigation at the moment is her lawyers have said that the AFL has been chopping and changing what they want mm. from her each and every time and there's no independent review, which, call me crazy, wasn't that what they said was going to yep. happen at the beginning? Yep. So uh, the AFL's got a long way to go through this off-season. I think what they want, which is it's swept under the rug during the off-season, is just mm. not going to happen. I totally agree, mate. Totally agree. Uh, let's move across to the NRL, though, because a few stories. Obviously, we've got World Cup to talk about, which we will soon. But first, Cameron Munster was very close to calling it a career not long ago. How's this for an interesting story? Well, he, he said he was out the door, probably on his way to play for the Dolphins, but he said after a chat with Bellamy and Bellamy saying, look, I'm definitely going to coach for another year. Um, and look, who knows, I might even go longer than that. And then seeing the Panthers' success, he's really reassessed his own, um, I suppose, ambitions to, to win more premierships. And, um, and, and and he said to stay with the Storm is his best chance of doing that. So that's the reason why he's staying. How's that for an unlikely inspiration yeah. to keep your career going, watching Penrith win back-to-back premierships, yeah. one of which you lost on. <laughs> like, yeah. It's fascinating. But look, it, just, it actually speaks to how much a competitor the Munster can be mm. um, to watch that happen. And, and yeah, hats off to him for staying at the Storm. We all kind of felt like it would have been a crazy, just a pure money move to go to the Dolphins, yeah. who are an officially a team now, by the way, three days into November. 
They are wow. officially a part of the NRL, so that's exciting. And uh, the Tigers are set to sign a former Raiders star at the moment. We'll talk about the silly season opening up already. The Knights shopping two of their big men and still short of a halfback. They are, mate. So the Tigers are looking to sign former Raiders John Bateman, who's currently over in Wigan. Um, and Newcastle are trying to get rid of uh, Tyson uh, Frizzell, uh, David Clemmer. Crazy. I suppose to free up some cash to uh, to buy Luke Brooks, yeah. uh, which I think would be a pretty good signing for them. I, I honestly think that the Tigers should pick up the phone and say, we'll swap you. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's a decent mm. enough swap. You've got senior players to come yeah. into your forward pack at the moment. we This this Brooks dance, my God. Are the Knights and Luke Brooks the Ross and Rachel of the NRL? It's been three <laughs> years. It has been three years that this club has been linked with this halfback. Have you ever seen anything like it? <laughs> it's insane. And it's like the Tigers don't, I don't care what Tim Sheen says, they know they don't want this guy and they've already, by sitting on their hands, completely shit the bed because they've let that other great half they've got go to Broncos. <laughs> Like, yeah, the problem is, but I think Tyson Farrell and David Clamour, that's that's like getting Chandler to the <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, He's been on his head for years. They are damaged goods. But hey, you know, I, I feel like it's not a bad move for the Tigers to just take two biggest. Like Clamour's mm. still got it in him. Clamour's still a great player. Um, yeah, it's a fascinating one for the Knights. At the moment, you look at their roster, they've got Tyson Gamble, who I rate. I think, I think Gamble's a great player coming down from the Broncos. Mm. But they need a specialist half in there unless there is someone playing for the Rosellas that we don't know about that's going to come through up into the ranks of the Knights, which I highly doubt because if there was, Wayne would be t- taking them up to Dolphins by now. Um, like, let's uh, talk World Cup, though, and it has been, look, a cakewalk for Australia, hasn't it? It's been yeah. the easiest thing yep. ever. I've never seen anything like it. But um, what is Mal doing? <laughs> what are we doing with Daly Cherry Evans and Nathan Cleary named in the squad to take on Lebanon this weekend. He still hasn't said what the best 17 is. Why are we doing this dance? It's Nathan Cleary. Am I the only one that knows this? Mate, (laughs) you're not the only one that knows this. This is ridiculous. (laughs) And and even Cherry Evans, you can see in the interview, he was saying, oh, look, he doesn't expect to really play. He said he'll he'll, – he'd love to play, but he'll – whatever the result, he'll be happy either way. Um, it's pretty obvious. And look, just to be able to play two halfbacks, two specialist halfbacks in the same game, and they were sort of like playing half a roll each and still win 66 to 6. Well, this was the thing, wasn't the it? The opposition's not that like, great, yeah. When they named that, you're like, this isn't a team playing as a team. This is a left and right team. Yeah. Both of them just going, well, yeah. you know, and I'm sure they're professionals and, and whatnot and they want Australia to win. But when you're playing a, you know, a no-hoper team, they're obviously mm. just training it as an audition for them to win. I can't see the logic to keep Daly Cherry Evans. And I'm a Queenslander and I respect him. Yep. He's, he's done a yep. great job. There's no disrespect to Cherry Evans and the type of player he is. But he's 10 years, nearly 10 years older than Nathan Cleary. Cleary's won back-to-back premierships. He's Ten won a state slower. of origin over that period of time as well. Mm. And yep. he, so it can't be his success as a player. Then you go chemistry. All right, well... He's played in New South Wales sides with Trebojevic, with Adokar, with a bunch of mm. players that are in there. So he's got that chemistry there as well. Then you go, what about captaincy? He's captain the Premiers. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. And t- <laughs> Tedesco's the captain. So I can't – any way you cut it, it's got to be Nathan Cleary. And it's like, let's just rip the Band-Aid off and get it done, guys, because – you're not telling me that England doesn't have another half they could possibly pick? <laughs> like like New, New Zealand have another half they could possibly pick? No one else is doing this. <laughs> I, th- I think I think if Mal goes with Cherry Evans, it'll be the last time he ever coaches the I agree. 
and that's Kangaroos. sad because yep. it would just be there's no arguing then that you're purely doing yep. it for Maroons jersey, yep. which what you're not supposed to do. Uh, the NRLW, uh, the women's rugby league kicked off uh, just a couple of days ago. They've started the Gillaroos debutants are ready to shine during this World Cup. How do you like our chances? I think we'll go we'll go okay. Um, as you said, there's quite a few debutants in there, but the 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 team on form looks pretty good. They've picked on form. Um, they, they kick off in Leeds this weekend, so we'll be watching that and see how the girls start. Um, yeah, it's it's. I think key for them is to start the tournament well. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one. There's a few different teams in there compared to the men's. Brazil and Canada yeah. are participating yeah. in the Women's uh, Rugby League World Cup. Turning to boxing, uh, we've got the reason why Justice Hooney has been avoiding a big fight with kicking. He has. It's basically, he said it wasn't down to him. It was down to Fox Sports saying they didn't want that fight to happen. They said <laughs> it, it wouldn't be, but they wouldn't get enough pay-per-views. Simple as that. Wow. I mean, yeah. that, well, that's boxing, isn't it? That's boxing. Yeah. That's tough, isn't it? I mean, you have to be a rugby – you have to be fighting more rugby league players, apparently, Justice <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, we've got an MMA Greg taking on Sonny Bill Williams and the transformation of Mark Hunt as everyone talking. Mark Hunt by name. <laughs> no, he's um he's yeah, well he's lost twenty eight kilos, mate. Um he's forty eight years of age. He he was hundred and fifty eight, he's down to hundred and twenty nine. He said he wanted to lose forty three ideally. Um but he looks pretty good, he's pretty strong. So Sonny Bill will have his work cut out. Wait, it's going to be an interesting fight, that one. But at the yeah. same time, I just I can't be interested in NRL players. Speaking of which, nah. your, be- your best mate, Paul Gallen and uh, Justin Hodges, in case you missed <laughs> it, they're fighting again this month. Uh, oh, they've gone into a mad spat on the uh, <laughs> on the lead up to this yeah. fight. Um, also, apparently, these one, this time around, they're going to be fighting three-minute rounds. Paul Gallen accusing Hodges of being a soft... Um, yeah. Certain appendage. So, <laughs> is it an appendage? Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he, um, he, yeah, he basically had a go at him saying, he, um, well, well, he was saying he was being hit on the ropes, but he said the the ref wasn't in between him, so uh, he did nothing wrong. Oh, it's so uh, bad. But it's just Beavis and Butthead fight. Isn't yeah, it? It head totally head. is. Yeah. Uh, look, we got to mention the World Series baseball at the moment. This is fascinating. The Phillies and the Astros are at it. Game three, a win to the Phillies. Jeez, it's a good sports year for Phil- the Philadelphia at the moment. The NFL, the possible World yeah. Series right now, and their basketball team is hopefully starting to turn things around. What an amazing sports city. What an amazing sports city. Yeah, it's, uh, it's currently. 2-1. Phillies won the first and the third, so they won the third match 7-zip. Um, yeah, they're looking good. They're on a bit of a roll, I think, and I reckon they'll, they'll beat the Astros in the end. That's crazy. There's a, there's a yep. guy that wrote his predictions for the next 10 years of the World Series, mm-hmm. and if the Phillies win, he has kicked it off with three in a row. So Jeez. I'll have to look that up and see what the odds are for the rest of his the rest yeah. of his predictions. Hey, while we're keeping on baseball, though, your war story uh, this uh, for today has something to do with a bit of baseball. Well, it was uh, years ago. Brett was sponsored by Gatorade, and he went to um, went over to Chicago, and he got nice. to throw the first pitch at the White Sox game. Oh no! Um, and the catcher there, um, the, the, the sorry, the pitcher said he'll catch the ball for Brett. Um, they put up onto the big screen. 10 pins? They thought Brett was a 10-pin bowler, not an Australian fast bowler. <laughs> and he said to Brett, you're going to try and throw one over him. Brett said, I'll give it a go. And uh, and Brett did let one rip. And then the, apparently the crowd were all yelling out, he fucking throws it harder than you, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's unreal. Man, the, the yeah. first pitch of baseball is like some of the most embarrassing moments for a lot yeah. of the guests as well. That's sick. Uh, well, that's it for our afternoon sport for today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. And a big thank you to our sponsors. Our fantastic sponsors, Barclay Pierce Capital.
Capital. They're only a phone call away. And, of course, I thank you to our producer, Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. See you then, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts, like Strive Stronger with Andrew May. Listen in as Andrew May explores the latest in human performance with an all-star cast of subject matter experts. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com.